0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Tease Me. This is a podcast about the intersection of golf, business, and life. And occasionally we'll drop some gems on networking and just how that makes your life better because knowing more than one person is actually a good thing. Hello, Tease Me listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Tease Me. As you know, this is season three. And this season, we are dedicated to focusing on the entrepreneurial journey, those entrepreneurs that are hustling hard and making big waves in their industries. We're also celebrating Women's History Month, so obviously my guest has to be a woman. We also want to thank everyone for listening to, from the past two seasons and helping us make this conversation a success. It's Women's History Month and we're celebrating a woman that is literally making history every day of her existence because every day she's a woman, every day she acts in excellence, and every day she's making history. However, before she was the visionary behind New Jersey's premium cigar shop, Karen High was a mom, wife, grandmother, and entrepreneur. Karen is a proud business owner and sits on the board of the Middlesex County Small Business Development Center. At the age of 18, she began her corporate career in the insurance industry until 2011 before transitioning into private security business special ops security. Her inexperience and lack of exposure to golf, especially while in corporate America, has often kept her off the course. To gain access, Karen has since joined the Shady Rest Golf Club, the first African-American owned country club in New Jersey. She is actively practicing her craft and encouraging others to break through the gender and socioeconomic barriers that exist in golf. In January of 2019, Karen opened high-end cigars in Scotch Plains, New Jersey with her husband, Anthony High, to award the high-end luxury cigar experience that New Jersey locals were missing. Karen advanced her expertise in the cigar industry by gaining her certification as a certified cigar sommelier and whiskey ambassador. In an effort to merge the subcultures of sports golfing and cigars, High End Cigars hosted its first annual inaugural golf event in August of 2021. Karen's primary motivation for hosting this annual event is to encourage cigar enthusiasts to support local New Jersey youth by participating in golf sports events where they are typically underrepresented. Like his mother, her 12-year-old son has made his presence on the golf course and continues to improve his skill. Karen uses her role as owner of High End Cigars to welcome women and other underrepresented demographics to explore golf as an outlet to fitness, health, and business opportunities. Tease Me listeners, let's welcome Karen High. Okay, hello, 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 Tease Me listeners. Today, we are like still celebrating Women's History Month, and we have Karen High. And so, Karen is actually like a newbie golfer, but She is really owning the game right now and owning this cigar space as well. Karen, tell us about like high-end cigars.
1: Hi, LJ. Thank you so much for having me. Um, High-end cigars actually was a a dream of mine that I thought that I had for my husband. Um, I enjoy smoking cigars. I enjoy going to different lounges. And it just gave gave me like a a sense of peace. And one day I asked my husband if he would consider opening up a cigar lounge. And initially his answer was absolutely not. You know, I don't know how much money I'll be able to make um, owning a cigar shop. No, I said, okay. it had to be maybe the fourth time that I asked him, I realized that I think that it was actually my dream to open it up, and I just mm-hmm. thought that maybe because it is such a male-dominated industry that um, I shouldn't be even thinking about having a space like this. So when I decided that it was um, something that I really wanted to do, I told my husband that I would open up the the cigar shop, and I asked for his help. And initial, and then. At that point, he agreed. We're actually located in um, Scotch Plains, New Jersey. We are a grab-and-go uh, retail location, and we can always you can also smoke inside. We offer um, beverages such as um, sodas, juices, water, cappuccinos, espresso. We're BYOB, so you can bring your own um, spirit. And uh, we have events at times. We uh, offer high-end customer service experience. So,
0: I love it. I love it. And like, as people are listening and they're thinking about it, you know, when did you make the connection between cigars and golf?
1: Well, you know what? I have a lot of customers. Um, During our first year that we opened, we had a lot of customers come in during the spring and summer, and they would say, you know, I I need to pick up a few cigars for my golf buddies, or I'm on my way to play golf, or they would come in after playing golf. And it intrigued me so much because I I didn't realize that so many people played, especially people that look like me. And uh, we had, I had a uh, customer who offered golf lessons. I never took his lessons, but it, it, it put, placed in my mind that, you know, maybe I should partake and, and go see what this, this golf thing was about. And um, there was another customer of ours. She had a flyer or an email advertising a golf clinic for women. So I asked her if I can join her, her, uh, her team. And at that time it was full. So what I decided to do is I called the coach, which is, uh, which was Sheena Pegaron, And I asked her if I can bring a group of ladies myself to the clinic. After the clinic, I enlisted her at, well, I claim her now as my, as my personal coach. So it all stemmed from just people just watching. Watching people every day come in either before a game or after a game and having um, instructors here and just the overall discussion around the game of golf really intrigued me to to get involved.
0: Well, this is a full circle moment because what you don't know and what I didn't realize beforehand is that literally a year ago, Sheena was my guest for Women's History Month. So it is so crazy (laughs) that here you are. A year later, and you are a golfer and the guest. And I literally met you through Sheena as well. So, yes. you know, good people travel in good circles. Absolutely. Um, talk to me more about like, you know, in your bio, you mentioned having missed out and not playing golf. Talk to me about your career before high-end cigars.
1: Yeah, so I worked in corporate America. I started when I was my late teens or early 20s. I worked in an um, insurance, the insurance industry. And there were oftentimes when my company would sponsor events or sponsor individuals to attend golfing events. I never really paid it any mind because I, w- I was young. No one really spoke to me about the importance of golf and cultivating relationships until I got a little older in, in the um, in, in the in the industry where. Uh, one of my managers she gave me this book book it was called i think deals on the green or making deals on the green i'm not exactly sure so it, 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 but it spoke about uh, how a lot of deals are are made on the the golf course and i really think that had i taken the time to either learn or participate in these golf events I think my career would have advanced uh, um, tremendously. You have the opportunity to speak with your your agents or your, you know the people that you work with on a more intimate basis um, versus just always having conversations on the phone or via email. Um, I think that the VPs and the senior VPs of the the industry would have definitely taken into account those types of relationships that I would have uh, been able to have with my agents in order to, you know, if, if there was a situation where it was um, a decision that needed to be made between a and B Me being a, and knowing that I've cultivated relationships with my uh my agents, I got to know them on a more intimate level. They're able to um, co-sign for me. I would have been the candidate that they would have decided to to um, promote.
0: Yeah, and like for those that don't know, when you say your agents, you were working in insurance. What were you doing in insurance?
1: The insurance. I'm sorry. I was um, an underwriter, so I underwrote policies. I worked for a high-end insurance company that insured high-wealth individuals, and that was something that they did on a regular basis. They played golf.
0: Wow. And so, like, when you think about leaving that industry and moving into the small business area, like, this season of Tease Me is focused on the entrepreneurs, the hustlers, the people Mm -hmm. that have built their own. Mm -hmm. How would you, like, if you had to relive it or retell that story, how would you retell that story entering into entrepreneurship?
1: Hmm. Well, I have a a sort, you're you're speaking of the high-end story?
0: The story before the high-end story. The
1: story before the high-end story. My husband, he's a retired correction officer. He retired in 2004, took a year off and decided that he wanted to get into business. What he knew best was security. So he got into the security business. And in 2008, I started working with him part-time, just doing payroll, helping them out. We're mom and pop. So it, it's just hands-on for both of us, whether I had to man a, a, a site myself, or if I had to run payroll, or if I had to speak to insurance reps, whatever it was, we did it together. And then in 2011, I said, you know what? I, I need to make a change. This needs to be a full-blown career choice for me. And that's to be an entrepreneur, along with my husband, and we've been rocking out ever since. So we still have the security company. And now we have this, it allows us time to uh, go to our son's basketball games, because now (laughs) we have a, um, a school age son. He's 12. We have grandchildren, and it it affords us an opportunity to be where we want to be when we want to be there.
0: I love it because when you think about entrepreneurship, you think about the 24-hour work schedule. So talk to us about how did you start to scale your business so that you could have this free time? So
1: either business or which business?
0: Both businesses.
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's say the um, security business. What we did was we hired managers. Managers that were was able to take on those responsibilities. Um, so, say like accounting, we hired um, 1-800 accountant to help us with our bookkeeping. We hired our payroll company to help with payroll. Our um, they pro- they um, built our handbook out. They gave us um, applications. They told us what it is that we needed to know. They let us know about the, the new laws that was, was coming up. And that really, those types of things where we were able to outsource some of the things that I was doing afforded me time to do other things.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things I talk about. So I also have a LinkedIn Live and we talk about like how do people scale their businesses, but it's also being able to, to let go. So even as you're working in the high-end cigar space, one of the things I read and I heard is that you became a sommelier and a whiskey expert. <laughs> so can you please educate us all on, first of all, I don't even think people understand that the complexities around cigars and how there's so many different types and so many different mm-hmm. tastes and flavors. And if you had to give people just like a high level, what is a sommelier and what, what where do people need to start?
1: So it's really simple. Uh, cigar sommelier is mainly hospitality. I will They're able to offer suggestions on pairing cigars if you have a spirit. And what happens is a lot of times when people come into our shop, they'll have a bottle of bourbon or whiskey, which are two different spirits we oftentimes we use the the word bourbon and whiskey simultaneously all bourbon is whiskey but all whiskey isn't isn't bourbon but that's a long story they'll they'll bring in their spirit even a vodka or a tequila and then they'll go normally go to their go-to cigars but in actuality what they're Drinking and smoking may not be a perfect fit. So that's where I come in. I'll be, a, am able to, I should be able to give you a recommendation based on the spirit that you bring into the shop. And with that recommendation, it should be able, you should be able to get the ultimate cigar smoking experience.
0: I see, I see. And so like, are people rating the cigars that they like? Are they like, what, what is the lesson learned after they've had this kind of pairing experience?
1: Well, oftentimes people don't know that you can have one uh, three spirits to one cigar because what you're doing is you're pairing each third of uh, a cigar and they're really surprised at that because a lot of times they'll have one spirit smoke one cigar and still may not be able to get that that experience so just um being able to explain to them the complexities or the flavor profiles that they may get from each third of the cigar and being able to marry that with certain spirits they find it amazing along with cutting being able to cut properly cut for them and and light for them so they really enjoy that
0: Oh, no, that's excellent. So are you telling people they need to bring three different liquors onto the golf course? Like, what are you, what are you saying right now?
1: No, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily, because you know what? Your experience changes based on the environment in which you're smoking. So you could be on a golf course. It could be chilly. It could be windy. You're not going to get that same feeling that, that same feeling that you get if you're sitting in a lounge and you're listening to jazz and you have that same beverage and that same cigar so it's a little it's a little different when you're out on the golf course so everything goes pretty much when you're when you're you're golfing
0: okay okay so, so the location matters
1: the location your environment the company that you're with the music the temperature there's a lot of things that go into um having that full experience
0: Oh, I love it. So tell us, what kind of cigars do you take with you out onto the golf course?
1: So I have a few go-tos. Um, a Turo Fuente is somewhat of a high-end cigar. They're located in the Dominican Republic. Um, any, uh, any of their, their uh, cigars, I love to smoke. Um, Padrone. I love to smoke a Padron cigar, which is another high-end cigar. Um, I prefer if it's in the morning, I'll smoke something light, like something that I would, wouldn't mind having with the coffee. But in the afternoon, I tend to gravitate to um, cigars that have more punch and more body and, and flavor.
0: Okay, so if you're talking to a newbie that wants to start smoking cigars on the golf course, Where do you start them off at?
1: I would start them off with a mild cigar because if it's too heavy, then you can actually uh, get sick. It's it's, it's worse than a hangover. So you kind of want to start them off with a nice size. I kind of want to say a toro, which is about six and a half inches long. It'll last for a little while and uh, with a mild cigar, it's not going to cause you um, to be lethargic or have any, any headaches. It has like a nice smooth um, flavors, a lot of it with uh, coconut or coffee hints, something nice to, to um, start the day off with. Cause I know a lot of times people are, are smoking early in the morning.
0: Yeah, interesting. So the other things like I, you know, I'm not sure what our audience knows about cigars. You mentioned the word mild, you mentioned the word high end. And I don't know if they like know the real language, because you know, you're an expert. So you have to kind of bring a few people along on the journey and i'm like is she saying high end because that's the name of the brand or her company or is it high end because so do give us a little bit of insight as to what this lingo means
1: okay when i say mild uh, i'll use the term mild medium and full body those are the flavor profiles of a cigar when I say high-end, I mean uh, companies that's been around for over 100 years. They have premium leaves, and they tend to be priced out a little higher than normal.
0: You start beginners on the mile, but do you start them on high-end?
1: No, not necessarily. No, not at all um here at high-end cigars, we have mild cigars. Um, I think our lowest cigar is about seven dollars. so we have uh, mild medium and full body cigars at reasonable to high end, higher end price ranges.
0: Our cigars
1: range from about seven dollars to maybe I think our highest is 150 dollars.
0: Wow, wow. And then for somebody listening, when you think about how you stock your uh, cigar shop, what are some (laughs) of the things that are going into consideration when you think about what your supply looks like and what you're bringing into the shop?
1: Okay, so a lot of the, initially we were throwing darts in in the dark. We had no idea. We depended on our cigar reps to let us know what they were selling, what was popular in our immediate area. But once we got our uh, clientele or, or our customers in, we found that a lot of them asked if we carried certain uh, cigars. And when they asked, we made sure that we would um, bring those types of cigars in. We ran analytics to see what size cigars most of our customers smoked. So we were able to, when we pick a cigar, we were able to pick the size that most people gravitate to. We also ran analytics to see if our customer base were more of a full body cigar smoker, a medium body uh, cigar smoker or mild. And we found that a lot of our customers gravitate to more medium and full body cigars. So with those types of analytics that we have uh, available to us, we're able to make decisions on our inventory based on that.
0: I love this. And like, you know, everybody listening, she's actually in the cigar shop now. So it's it's live and active and bustling in the middle of the day even. and you know, I don't think that people understand the importance of this market research and this um, understanding your customer work that you're doing. So it's not that you just open up a cigar shop, but then you're also testing and validating the things that are happening in the shop. What are some other things that you've learned by just like running this business as it relates to being an entrepreneur, specifically in a space that you weren't familiar with before you got into it?
1: What have I learned? Uh... I've learned that one thing that I've learned is that the cigar is a common denominator. And when I say that, I mean uh, we have people that come to visit our shop that may <laughs> look like, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe Schmo. They can be their attorneys, their judges, their politicians their uh, police officers, firemen. The cigar is is the common denominator. And, and the conversations that generate just from a stick is incredible. So um, that's one of the things I, I didn't know. When I visited cigar lounges, a lot of times I would just uh, smoke and then leave. But the camaraderie and the, um, business deals that are made between two strangers is, is amazing.
0: Wow. Wow. So you have like a community around cigars.
1: We actually do. It's a, it's a culture.
0: Interesting. So are women participating in this? Do women smoke cigars?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, when I designed the shop, I designed it where it looked hard enough for a man, but I added soft touches, so that women felt comfortable coming in. When I say the women are taking over, they come in by themselves, they come in with groups, they come in, they bring their husbands, it's not the husbands are bringing their wives, they're bringing their significant other they're contacting me for cigar one on one classes. Um, they're having, they're celebrating their birthdays here. So women are definitely rocking out with cigars.
0: Oh, excellent. So wait, Cigar 101, what are you covering in a Cigar 101 class? I love a 101 personally.
1: So I just did a 101 yesterday with my staff. We went over um, the anatomy of a cigar, we went over the ring gauges and different sizes and shapes that a cigar uh, comes in. We went over different wrappers, wrappers that come from different parts of the country. We went over some of the ways that you would cut a cigar or light a cigar. So if our customer wants their cigar lit or cut, they would be able to do that. We talked about uh, uh, we had some some terminology. We we did uh, we learned some cigar terminology, um, like I said, regions and things like that. Which okay. was very which was very. It went over. Very, it was that my first time actually having it with my staff, and I can honestly say they walked away amazed and you know, they left with a lot more knowledge than they walked in with. And they said that, you know, it, it helped them a lot, it helped them understand what it is that they're smoking. Now, you know, with cigars, a lot of times we take for granted as with um, tobacco, but over 200 hands touch a cigar before it comes to you, which is amazing as well.
0: Wait, what does that even mean, 200 hands?
1: <laughs> it means that 200 people, over 200 people, actually had a hand in delivering that cigar to you, whether it was the um, individuals in charge of separating the seeds or cultivating the land or picking the leaves or string, stringing the leaves to hang them up in a in curing house or stacking them up in the fermentation house or creating or building the boxes, shining the boxes, stamping the boxes, putting cigars in wrappers. Over 200 people had a hand in bringing and delivering us one cigar. Amazing, that's a whole
0: ecosystem around one cigar. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely when you when you talk about these places do you go to visit some of these sites where the cigars are being produced and like do people book tours to see like cigar Mm -hmm. factories
1: it's funny that you asked me that i just came back from dominican republic we went to a um, event called pro I, i went for two reasons the first reason was to attend a festival called the pro cigar where people from over 30 countries come and attend, you're able to visit fields, actual fields of popular cigar brands and factories. I also went to do my hands-on for my master's cigar sommelier certification, where I spent two days at the Institute of Tobacco. But yes, they do offer a lot of Com- cigar companies offer tours where you're able to go into those factories and see the process of a fermentation or a process of them actually rolling cigars and the work that it takes to bring that cigar to you. Wow.
0: Wow. And people talk about hand roll being better. So mm. tell me, is there is there really a difference in a hand rolled cigar or is that high end?
1: Uh, hand roll can be, you can mean it two ways. Um, hand rolled, all, most of the cigars that I have in the shop are hand rolled because they're physically being rolled by someone that works in the factory versus a machine rolled cigar. Some people think that hand roll meaning fresh hand roll where you're going into an establishment and, or you're going to a an event like a wedding and someone is there actually rolling the cigars for you. May my preference is the cigars that I can purchase, I can age for a little while, I'll get the most pleasure from that. Oftentimes when you're at those weddings or events where they're hand rolling the cigars, maybe a little too fresh to smoke. But they, you know, they they do it for the the ambiance and the experience. Oh,
0: like too fresh. Like they pick those leaves out the backyard. Too fresh or too fresh? What do you mean too fresh? Too
1: fresh, as in the leaves or the the cigar not having an opportunity to age after it's been rolled.
0: Okay, okay. Because and so, once
1: you roll it, you you they tend to to age it for a little while because it's I too see. new.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so does that add more flavor to it? And like this is for all the newbies. There are probably some f- experts on here that are like, I need I'm, that.
1: <laughs> or <laughs> some sometimes um if it's too fresh, it's hard to to uh light. You know, you may have to keep um uh, lighting up the cigar, maybe like that fresh where um wherever they're getting it delivered, it's not being aged and it doesn't have time to, like, I kind of want to say dry out a little bit, where you can have that good combustion of a cigar, but they make it work. And and sometimes secret, they they have cigars rolled up already, and, and they're giving out the ones that they've had aged.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay. And so, you know, for the, for those that are listening, you know, I am fine. I'm always curious about learning new things and information. You said dried out. Now I've seen cigars that people have held on to after an event or held on to, mm-hmm. and it's starting to crumble around the edges. How long Throw it is out. too
1: long? Throw it out. When, How when long it is too long? <laughs> uh, it can be, it can be a couple of days. When it gets hard, if you're not storing it with cigars, you have to store it at a certain humidity, somewhere around, it's argumentative, 68 to 72. And um, if you're not keeping your humidors in a in a sealed, airtight container or uh, a cedar humidor, if you're not storing it properly, it's going to dry out within a couple of days and it's not worth, I mean, you might as well just add it to the to the wood in your fireplace.
0: Oh, I see. It might smell good in the fireplace. I don't know.
1: Yes. Yes. I actually um, take my old boxes and I throw them in my pit outside.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. So yeah, a few more yeah. things about that. The humididor, like people don't know. I've seen, well, I've seen people try to put everything in the refrigerator. I feel like this is not a good idea, but.
1: Sometimes, sometimes they may put it in a refrigerator in the refrigerator. It depends on why they're putting it in the refrigerator.
0: Oh, I have no idea. I just felt like maybe they didn't buy the Humididor. So I don't yes, know. Yes,
1: um, some people do. If they don't have a Humididor, they'll stick it in a refrigerator. A, a um, Tupperware container is a little better. And sometimes what happens is the some cigars may get beetles and if you get a beetle, what they um, suggest that you do is put the cigars in a freezer to kill off the beetle. So that they may be putting it in the freezer or the refrigerator for different reasons.
0: I feel like by that point you should just buy a new cigar, but that's just my opinion. Well, it
1: depends. Now you you may have some collector items that I mean I went to a um, an auction and cigars were literally going for maybe like $750 for one so if you're spending a lot of money on cigars you want to do everything that you can to save it
0: that is a whole world I am so unfamiliar with right now can you now. imagine that oh my god no it. <laughs> I can't I, a 700 and you're gonna smoke it and you're gonna smoke it amazing some so, people have cigars
1: that they they've held on to for maybe 15 20 years but it's humid they humidify it correctly they they store it and age it correctly
0: i mean i need to know what the special occasion is that warrants you smoking it then mm-hmm. it
1: could be you can buy a box of cigars um mm-hmm. When you have a child or let's say like a son, a father purchases a box of cigars and I'm going to smoke this with my son when he turns whatever age. (laughs) Those are situations too where, you know, you wait and you have that first cigar with
0: with your son. Oh, that sounds so memorable. (laughs) Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. So wait, I talk about memorable things. Tell me about your most memorable golf experience so far.
1: I kind of want to say... Mine. We had a cigar. I mean, I'm sorry, cigar. We had a golf event, our first inaugural golf event last year. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be at one place, and then uh, the the weather. I think it was like Hurricane Ida that caused us to to push it back and have it somewhere else. It was the it was the first event that we actually did. Now, me not really knowing anything about golf I enlisted the help of some of my customers they were willing to help me out in planning it but it was it was fun it was it was I had a I had a great time and I think a lot of people that attended had a great time there it was the the first time that I actually attended. A golf event in golf. So I was able to golf during that event. I had enough help where um I didn't have to 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 stay stick around and delegate certain jobs. I had enough help where I was able to enjoy bearing myself. So I kind of wanna was the most or the one where you and I played and uh there were some signs of the bear like bear
0: yeah i forgot about that one the the bear <laughs> <laughs> the bear sightings at the black bear. bear course where i was just like that is a that was um yes. the shady rest event yeah it was a shady restaurant yeah i don't like animals and they're out there and i know they belong there and it's their home
1: uh, i'll do good with dogs not bears
0: right right okay and so wait i think there's another thing here what made you and like what inspired you to host your own golf outing? I think that people need to hear like the thoughts behind that as a business owner.
1: So, like I said, we have a lot of um, golfers that patronize our our establishment, and we're truly grateful for it. We have a customer who, or a member who's a coach of a golf club for inner city youth. And just the conversations that we had with him, knowing that some of them didn't have like the right clubs or clubs that um, other schools were able to afford and have or uh, golf bags or uh, uniforms. I felt that us being able to plan this golf event and give proceeds to them to help them out would be would be a great thing to do. Oh,
0: that's awesome, that's awesome. Do you wanna give them a plug so that if people wanna make donations, they can?
1: Well, it's a high school. It's in Irvington, Irvington High School Golf Club. Okay, okay.
0: awesome, awesome. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because all the support is necessary, right? So if people have access, they can reach out and donate what they have.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I thought that, you know, it was it was hard to hear. You know, in this day and age where you, you you have children learning the sport and not being able to play at their full capacity because of some of the equipment that they're lacking.
0: Yeah. I mean, you so. think about it. It's like our kids in computers, right? Not having access to oh, computers, mm-hmm. not having access to books that are relevant and updated to teach mm-hmm. them concepts that are timeless or timely. So Absolutely. these are, you know, these are just the things that we have to, you know, we see and we get to fix. Um, mm-hmm. So wait, before we end today's podcast, I feel like one of the things that's most important is to think about just you and the entrepreneurial journey. What's next for Karen, our high-end cigars and security company, is there another company coming?
1: <laughs> it's funny because I, I tell my husband all the time, number one, I, it, it's... He's on. He's on one thing. I'm on another. He wants to open up a second high end somewhere uh, that has an outdoor space. During COVID, we found that a lot of our competitors were able to either stay open longer or have larger crowds of people because they offered an outdoor location. So we both decided that our next one we're going to um, open open up a spot that has or an area that has somewhere that we can offer outside seating i on the other hand i am thinking about a coffee shop
0: i love it don't ask me it. why it's just
1: totally different <laughs> it's I different
0: mean- First of all, I love that you have coffee and cigar pairing, So I'm here for all of that. Yes. And I love a good cup of joe. I love a good cup yes, of coffee. Yes,
1: <laughs> as do I. I. I can't function without it.
0: I love it. I love it. And if you were to give words of inspiration to aspiring entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that are in the middle of their grind and not sure, you know, that there's that moment where you're underwater and you're like, I'm doing this, but I don't know if this is working Mm. and I don't know how much longer I can do this. If you had to give some words of wisdom to the listening audience, that is one of those two groups, what would that be?
1: I I hate to say this, but you are going to feel that way. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like you're underwater. Um, My suggestion is reach out to other entrepreneurs I mean I don't know if if you can join a group I'm on the board of the small business development center in Middlesex Um, I found that they're they were able to guide me in directions that I didn't know existed Um, and they can also pair you up with counselors that may be in the field if operations may be your headache they have consultants counselors that are free to help you navigate through some of those changes um, or some of those challenges another thing is if you can outsource 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 it helps give you it'll give you back your time it will i mean put put the work in someone else's hands delegate as much as you can free yourself up to to, um, to learn, you know, more about the business or or to to work on building certain skill sets that you may not currently have. But the outsourcing for me has helped me tremendously. It's given me back time that, I mean, that's invaluable. All
0: right, thank you, thank you. And geez, I can't stop without a golf goal. You got a golf goal for 2022? Oh,
1: probably mine's a simple. I think uh, play more. get yeah. out as much as I can and to as many um, places. I, I, I've been asking a few of the ladies here um, if they can um, purchase golf clubs, rent them or whatever and then just like just come out. let's just all go out have fun and 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 do it.
0: I love it. Okay. I'm here for all of that. Growing the game. And that's how it starts. Just encourage one more person to come out.
1: Yes. Yes. I love it. I was so excited last year. I, I mean, the times that I went out, it, it was, it, it was so much fun and I really appreciated that time. I, I can't wait to get back out there.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And we can't wait to see you. So you know, everyone listening, we, you know, you better check out high end cigars and uh, just book a book a uh, what cigar 101. And so, yes,
1: that'd be nice.
0: Yeah, get yourself out there. Thank you, Karen, for joining. Thank
1: you, LJ. Hope to see you soon.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, there you have it. Tease Me delivers a high quality conversation, a high end dialogue with Karen High of high end cigars. You like how I played on those words? The most important part of today's conversation for all of the entrepreneurs and aspiring business owners listening, delegate. Be able to outsource. Think about documenting your processes. You can't outsource if you don't have a way of describing what you need the person to do. As you think about building your business, think about how do I stop doing this particular task? And if you believe in that from the very beginning, you'll plan accordingly. Another gem of wisdom is just because you are a one-person show doesn't mean you can't have a team, and it doesn't mean you should be doing everything. Oftentimes, you'll see the images of entrepreneurs being superheroes, being able to do everything. Contrary to popular belief, you can't build your business while you're doing everything. Trust me, I have learned this lesson the hard way, and I am just here trying to share game and make life easier for you. How? By giving you gems of wisdom and information from people that have been there and done it before. Karen runs two businesses simultaneously with her husband as a partner. You talk about a dream team, they are making it happen. A brief word of advice for anyone new to the game or anyone that actually cares about etiquette. If you are going to smoke a cigar, please be sure to ask the people in your foursome if they mind. Because someone may be a recovering smoker or may not like the smell of smoke or may just have a general issue with smoke altogether. Definitely ask. Be polite. And if you want to be the person that gets invited back to the outing or the foursome or whatever it is, the country club, be sure to bring some cigars and offer them. And don't buy any cheapy ones. Get a recommendation from someone like Karen at High End Cigars. Well, those are my words of wisdom. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tease Me.